Good morning, community of faith. How are we doing? Woo! It's good to be in God's house today. Let's stand together and sing. And listen, if you're watching with us online, we want to welcome you. We hope you sing along with us. about that. He's moved mountains before and he's going to do it again. Let's sing this together. Walking around these walls Well, I thought by now they'd fall For you have never failed me yet Oh, you never failed Oh, you never failed 
Good morning. Welcome to Community of Faith. I'm Laura Shook. We're glad to have you guys here in the room today and want to welcome those of you that are with us online as well. We're always glad to have you with us. Um, if it's your first time at Community of Faith, I invite you just to sit back and relax. Make yourselves feel at home here with us. We're glad that you're here. I hope that you stopped on your way in. If it's your first time here at the booth that says new here, start here. If you haven't, I hope that you'll stop on your way out today. They have a gift for you just to thank you for being here and also can answer any questions or have any information that you may want. So be sure and stop by there this morning. Would ask that you would fill out our connection card. Um, you, the easiest way to do that is to text the word CONNECT to 28100. Um, this will bring up information for you about activities that are coming up. You'll see a place to get sermon notes there. You can turn in a prayer request there. You can give that way. It's just the easiest way to connect with us here this morning. Another way to do it is through that envelope that you may have picked up on the way in today. It's kind of multi-purpose. Um, you can obviously give an offering through that a little later in the service. There's also a place on there that you can request information. You can put a prayer request. Our staff would be honored to pray with you guys this week. So fill that out, drop it in the offering bucket a little later in the service. We do have several things coming up I want you to be aware of so that you and your family don't miss out. One of them is our student reset night is coming up on Wednesday, August the 17th, the beginning. The doors, I think, open at 5.30 on that night. Um, they're gonna have a great night just kind of getting themselves reset for the new school year, be encouraged, um, have a good time. So I encourage you to make sure your middle school and high school students are here on that Wednesday night, August the 17th. Um, while they do that, you're welcome to join us in the uh, for prayer on Wednesday night as well. Um, but it's gonna be a great night for our students. Johnny Jones will be sharing with them that night. I know they don't wanna miss that. We also have coming up, if you're a senior adult, um, on the 24th of August, they're going to be going to lunch at Cleburne Cafeteria here in Houston. They're supposed to have some of the best food in Houston if you've never been there before. So if you consider yourself a senior or if you just like hanging out with seniors, you're welcome to go to register for that. They're going to be taking a bus down there, but there's limited space. You can also drive and meet them there. So come and hang out with our senior adults. Again, that's on the 24th of August for lunch. I do want to remind you this is August. School is starting back soon. And for many, many years, Community of Faith has partnered with Roberts Road Elementary School. It's the closest school to us just down the road. Um, but we help provide backpacks and school supplies for those children that need that extra support as the school year starts. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of that if you would like to. You can give to that. Um, on our website, or if you text GIVE to 28100, um, you can donate for backpacks and school supplies. You'll see it drop down there. You can also simply scan the QR code to do so. Um, $50 will purchase a backpack full of supplies for the year, or you can give a partial payment, or you can give multiple of that. So be a part with us as we bless our neighbors there at Roberts Road Elementary School. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we are so grateful to be here, to be together, and to sing your praises, and to be reminded of who you are, and what you've done, and what you continue to do, your faithfulness toward us. God, we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, we pray in this room today that your spirit would come down upon us, that you would move in our hearts and our minds, that you would teach us a little bit more about who you are, and how much you love us, and that when we leave this place, that we are different, and we go out with your light, upon us to share with the community around us. Lord, we pray for our students, for our children as they are learning today as well, how much you love them. Let your spirit move in those places and do the work that you intend to do among them today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we continue to worship today, I wanna to invite you to share in communion with us. It's something that God asked us to do, to take time to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made as he went to the cross to bear punishment for our sins so that we could experience his grace and forgiveness. If you're in the room, you should have received those elements of communion as you came in. If you're at home, you can simply use what you have there that's available. But as we sing this next song, I want you just to take time to stop and say, God, thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice you made. Thank you for Jesus. So let's take communion now together.
guys can have a seat. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for another night of worship after that. <laughs> we do want to continue to praise God, and one of the ways that we do that is through our giving, giving back to Him a portion of what He's given to us. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that today. The easiest way to give is using your phone. You can text GIVE, the word GIVE, to 28100. You can even set up recurring giving that way. If you're in the room today, you can always give in the offering uh, boxes on your way out. You can give at our website at cof.church, whatever works best for you. We're going to pass the buckets here in the room as well. If you're on the end of a row and you see a white bucket under your seat, if you'll pass that to the other end. If you filled out an envelope with a prayer request or you have tithes and offerings to put in there, pass that bucket to the other side and it'll be picked up. But we're excited to have you partner with us with everything God's doing right here and all around the world. We're excited today to have Mark come and share with us again. morning community of faith how are we doing this morning yeah that was amazing wasn't it we're ready to ready to go into heaven right now if you're watching at home we're glad that you're watching we welcome you you know I want to talk to you about an epidemic in our society today and it's not COVID all right I call it soul weariness some of us are so weary in our souls and it's kind of a complex thing you know it, it, it's it, it's made up of all of life's complexities our bodily frailties our emotional mental overwhelm the consequences of sin in our broken world today and all of that comes together to give us this weariness so I want to talk to you about how to find soul rest this morning and I think it can be simple, but really life-changing. I'm not going to try to simplify a complex problem, but one of the things that, that I've noticed, our burdens aren't simple, our weariness isn't simple, and little complex, I mean, little simple platitudes aren't going to help a complex problem. Like people say, oh, it's, you know, just, it, this too shall pass, just get over it, it's going to be Okay. But there's a very simple promise that's going to work today because it has a really complex power behind it that can actually accomplish it. It's the most complex power in the universe. It's the most powerful force in all of this world of ours. And it's the power of Jesus. And we're going to see some things that he said about soul weariness. You know, simple promise can relieve a complex burden, provided we believe that the power behind it is complex and strong enough to heal our weary soul. So into our soul weariness steps the most complex power in all of the universe. And listen to what he says. This is Matthew 11, starting with verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Put my yoke upon your shoulders. It might appear heavy at first, but it's perfectly fitted to your curves. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. When you are yoked to me, your weary souls will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, the simplicity of Jesus' promise is it is breathtaking. It's, it, it, it's interesting. He doesn't offer us like the fourfold path to peace and enlightenment that 
the Buddha offered. He, he doesn't offer this, uh, the, the pillars to peace that Muhammad offered. He simply offers us himself. He says, come to me. Come to me. And unique to anyone else in human history, Jesus is simply offering himself as the universal solution to our weary souls. And it's kind of audacious if you think about it. He's saying, I'm the answer. It, it would, it, you know, if he's not who he said he is, then he's some kind of megalomaniac, isn't he? Because he says, just come to me and it's gonna be okay. Come to me and there's gonna be a refreshing. Come to me, I'm the answer. If I stood up and said, hey, come to me, Mark Shook, I'm the answer, that would be megalomania, wouldn't it? But for Jesus to say it, it's so accurate and so real. And here's where our exhausted souls are tested because we have to decide, are we gonna do that? You know, we wanna rest our souls on the how and the when, are you gonna come through for me? And Jesus says, I'm not even talking about any of that right now. I'm not talking about how, I'm not talking about when, I'm not talking about what. I'm just saying, come to me. If you're weary, if you're burdened. It's so interesting because in the Hebrew, that word weary has the connotation of burdens that we place upon ourselves. And, and when you think about that, that, that's a lot of times really accurate. We, we've put a lot of stuff on ourselves. Maybe it's from our upbringing or whatever, but the other word that's there is a word that means burdens that other people put on you. So we've got all of these burdens that we've put on, maybe even old tapes playing in our head, and Jesus just says, come to me. You're weary and burdened. Put my yoke upon your shoulders. It might appear heavy at first, but it's perfectly fitted to your curves. In Costa Rica, when Laura and I went there with the kiddos some years ago as missionaries, we started a year in Costa Rica before we went to Mexico City. And the, one of the national symbols of Costa Rica is the ox cart and the yoke. And I was stunned to find, did you know that the yoke back in the day, it was made out of wood? I always think of leather, you know? So I was thinking, every time he talks about a yoke, I'm thinking about, you know, made by the leather makers or whatever, you know? But it, no, it's made out of wood. It's made by carpenters. Do you know who was a carpenter? Jesus, right? He was really familiar with this. And what they would do is they would custom make the yoke for that pair of oxen. I mean, they would measure the, the neck of the ox and they would make it custom made. And I love that. The word easy in the Greek, krestos, it, it can also mean well-fitting or custom-fitted. My yoke is custom-fitted. When you're yoked to me, your weary soul will find rest. It's interesting, he says, take my yoke upon you. He doesn't say take a yoke upon you, he says take my yoke, it's Jesus' yoke. And so when you look at it, you think about the yoke and there's two spaces for two different heads of that, two different oxen, right? And, and one of those, is custom made for you, exactly what he has for you to do on this planet, and the other one is made for him. So when you're in the yoke with him, you look over and who's pulling with you? Jesus. Now who do you think does most of the work? You or him? You know, have you ever been like with a group of guys or, or uh, maybe you gals even know this, but you know, you're trying to carry something heavy like a refrigerator and there's like six of you and nobody can really, everybody acts like they're really holding on, but some people aren't, you know? I mean, some of us are faking it. I mean, some of, not like it's me faking it, but you know, and, and so everybody's, oh, this is pretty heavy. And you're going like, yeah, you know, and that's kind of the feel I get, you know? It's like Jesus is the one that's doing the pulling. And he says, learn from me. So 
what does it look like? If we're going to learn from him, we look at his life and we can see what it's like to actually live this out. That's one of the reasons I think he lived 33 years here for us, so that we could see his life. Now, he came to die for us to make it possible to step into this, but he lived those years and we can look at it. In fact, Jesus told us some principles. He says, when we wear his yoke, you might want to write some of these down. When we wear his yoke, we learn to speak differently. The way you speak to people, the way you talk to people and to God. He says this in Matthew 5, 37. Jesus said, simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. I don't know about you, but wouldn't it be nice just to, to know the truth about, well, just about anything in this world today, right? I mean, it, we have such a credibility gap. Truth is scarce. Everyone is suspect. In fact, it seems like the whole of our society is built on fabrication, right? What if one day, you know, just like magically God said, everyone in the world will speak the truth for 24 hours and only the truth. You know what would happen? Our society would fall apart because it's built on a fabrication of lies, right? I mean, no one wants like Hillary Clinton to speak all her truth that she knows or, you know, you know, or, or you think of any, any of us, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even, we tell little white lies and I, just think about it. Speak the truth, let your yes be yes and your no, no. He's just saying, always tell the truth, just Speak truth. Keep your word is another part of that. You know, there are times in our lives when we make a vow. I remember a vow that I made to God. I said, God, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I will let you be in control. I will live for you for the rest of my life. It was a vow. I remember it. I was a kid, but I remember it. It was a solemn vow that I made. I, I stood before a a group of people and a, and a pastor. And I looked Laura in the eyes and I made a vow to her. Till death do us part. And that's what, you know, that's why she always says, no divorce, murder maybe, no divorce, you know. But there's, there's, there's gonna be this, this vow, keep your word. And I think about that. I would love for Community of Faith to be a, like a, a safe place of truth, a bastion of truth in the midst of all of this crazy society that's built on fabrication of lies. That we just, when you go there, people are just really, really real. And that's gonna start with the way that we talk with God. Jesus said that. It starts kind of on the inside and works its way out. That's part of this soul rest, be honest, and the way you speak with God. You know how to speak to God honestly? Just be yourself. I think so many times that we pray prayers and we're trying to think what God would want to hear, you know? Have you done that? I'm pretty sure this is what God would want to hear and, or maybe we've learned how to do it and it's always interested me. Oh, almighty father, king of heaven and earth and the stars and the world and, the, you know, and, and, do you talk to anybody like when your dad came home from work? Did you go, oh, almighty father, king of the household? No. You know, it's like, no, it's just like you just are real. Tell him what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Oh, God does not want to know what I'm thinking right now, what I'm feeling. He already knows that. He already knows it. So just be honest with him. Listen to what Jesus said. I love this in Matthew 6, 5, and 6. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. You will begin to sense his grace. I love that. I love Matthew 6, 5 and 6. That's in the Message Bible, and so it says, go into your closet. Go into your closet. Don't let anybody see you. I need to pull some things out of my closet if I'm going to get in my closet. Maybe you're like that too. But 
we go in there and we talk to him. And if we don't put a mask on before God, before long, you know what begins to happen? We, we're able to drop our mask with other people. And this is where true soul rest really can begin and healing. Ultimate rest and healing is when you get to the place that you want rest and healing more than you care what people think. And so few people are really there. It takes a lot of desperation to get there. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I want healing. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I want soul rest. In the book of James, it tells us how to get there. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I don't think that means you go out in the lobby right after church and say, um, hey, everyone, I've been having a lot of lustful thoughts about some of you women. Hey, everyone, I've just been so angry at, at the coffee makers because they, where did the Burundi coffee? You know, it's like, no, it's like, but you find a little circle of people that you start to trust a little bit and you get really vulnerable with them and say, I'm really struggling in this. I'm really having a hard time right now. I don't want to fake it in front of you anymore. I'm not going to fake it in front of God anymore. I heard about a little boy who was at the beach and, and there was a, the, the, the man was telling this story, this author, he, he was sitting on the beach and he looked out and there's this little like eight, nine, 10 year old boy and he's out in the waves and there's a little bit of, you know, it's, it's pretty rough that day and you know, like a red flag, probably shouldn't be out there. But this little boy is struggling and he sees him struggling but he's just silent, you know, he's really struggling but he's not like going help or anything like that. He's just, and he keeps going under, and he keeps going under. And the guy gets up, and he comes, and, comes over, and, and he's watching. And he goes under, and he doesn't come up. So the guy dives in and, and gets out there to him in just a few seconds and pulls him up out of the water, and the kid is sputtering. He drags him back in, and the kid finally gets his breath, and he says, you were drowning out there, weren't you, son? And the boy just kind of looks down at his toes in the sand and says, yes, sir. He goes, well, why didn't you call out? And he said, mister, if I had called out, what would all my friends have thought? And you think, wow, peer pressure's rough. You remember it, 10, 12, 15 years old. But some of you, some of us today, we're going down for the last time. And what did you do when you came in? Bless you, have a blessed day. Great to see you. How are you doing? I'm great. Blah, 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 right? God's saying, no, don't do that anymore. That's why I love our counseling ministry because you go there and, and you just pour your heart out and they just listen to you. Now you have to pay them a little to do that, you know? Because I don't know who wants to listen to me. But here's the deal. Our counselors, like, they would do it for free and we do it on a sliding scale anyway. So if you can't, Afford it, you just come anyway, all right? But our pastors, the people up here at the end of the service, don't leave today and, and say, hey, I'm doing great. You're drowning. Be honest about it. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another, and you will find healing. You will find soul rest. Do you care more about what people think or do you want it that bad? When we wear his yoke, we also learn to speak differently. We learn to relate differently. You know, it's good to have some simple things to follow. I remember when I first started going to some of those fancy dinners, you know, and they would have like 82 pieces of silverware. Have you gone to those? You know, they're just like everywhere. And and I've always been a little utensilly challenged. And so I just I would just freak out every time because I thought, I'm gonna look like an idiot. I'm gonna be eating with my dessert fork, you know, I don't know. And someone gave me a really simple rule. Just start on the outside and work your way in. That's pretty easy, you know? 
It only gets confusing when there's stuff at the top up there too. But, you know, it's like work your way in. You know, you start and, and that, that fork on the very far outside and the knife out there, it's gonna be for your salad that looks like a dandelion or something because, you know, the more formal place you go, the more it looks like something you mowed up and put on the plate. You've noticed that, right? And it's, it's not that hard. Well, Jesus says, I want you to know a simple rule to help you understand how to relate to people. And it works from the inside out. Here it is, Matthew 7, 12. Jesus says, here's a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do that for them. We call it the golden rule. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do that for them. Now this truth, the crazy thing is it's really limited just to the Bible. This rule was established by Jesus. Human religions, human philosophies have had similar ideas, but they always come up along a negative concept. Let me just give you a few examples. The famous Hebrew rabbi Hillel, he said this, what is hateful to yourself, do not to someone else. Sounded kind of like Yoda to me, do not to someone else, you know. In the book of Tobit, it says, what thou thyself hatest to no man do. But you see, it's from the negative side. Confucius, Confucius taught, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. The Stoics what you do not want to be done to you, do not do to anyone else. Now, the whole world understands the negative principle, but as a negative principle, it's pretty weak because it's really based on our selfishness, you know? It's like, you know, I get mad at that guy and I really want to deck him, but I don't deck him. Why? Because I value my nose, Right? And I figure he looks pretty rough. I always said, I'm only getting a fight with someone smaller than me that's had a recent illness, you know? And it's like, I'm not gonna do that. But that's, that's I mean, that's self-preservation. That's, let me, I, let me just kind of uh, give you a really easy example. Do you drive the speed limit? Don't answer that, all right? You know exactly how many miles over the speed limit you can go and not get a ticket, Right? Somewhere between like seven and eight or whatever it is, you know. But if you go 15, you're, my, you know, so you're trying to just always find that fudge zone, right? But if you do drive the speed limit, the times I drive the speed limit is when I have uh, one of the constables like driving along beside me. You kind of, oh, I ran on him. I was wondering why traffic was so jammed up, right? And I'm driving the speed limit, but I'm not driving it out of love for the law, I'm driving out of fear of the consequences, right? Now, compare that to stopping your car on the side of the road when you see a lady and her three kids and they're broken down on the side of the road and you pull over and do whatever is necessary and take the time to help them get either their tire changed or, you know, drive them to the gas station or what. That's a whole different thing. Do you see the difference? See, one of them is what Jesus said. What you would want people to do for you, grab the initiative and do that for them. If you were stranded on the side of the road, you would want someone to come help you. The other one is a negative thing, like something bad's gonna happen to you if you do this, so don't do this. But see, only God can give us the ability, God on the inside of us, because it's still an inside job, can give us the ability to do that. Think how easy your relationships would be if you quit worrying about any other rules to relationship at all, except that. Every time you're with somebody, think of what you would love for them to do for you, or if you were them, that you would love to have done, and you grab the initiative and just do it. All the time, always. Wow, it would change Everything. Most people live by the rule, I'll treat you the way you treat me, right? That's called the reciprocal rule. It's not the golden rule. You treat me, you know, if you're snobby to me, I'll be snobby to you. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. If you're mean to me, then I'll be a mean girl, you know, and be mean to you. That's 
not what Jesus is talking about. And that gets really complicated and it knocks us out of soul rest for sure. Other people live by the rule, I'll treat you the way they treated me. And that one's really complicated because we end up treating like our kids the way we were treated by our parents or maybe it's as simple as you have a terrible day at work and you come home and and treat the family based on the way you were treated at work. Complicated. And then there's the last way that some people live out this rule. We treat them in the way we think they're going to treat us before they can treat us, right? This little boy was memorizing, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but he missed it and didn't understand it. He said, do one to others before they can do one to you. And (laughs) that's kind of the American mindset. But it gets really complicated, There's an honest human question about this golden rule. Who's the golden rule golden for, right? I mean, Mark, if I start treating other people this way, I'm gonna get taken advantage of. I'm I'm gonna get plowed under. Who knows what's gonna happen? Is this really going to work? Jesus knew we'd feel that way. So in Matthew 23, 11 and 12, he said, do you wanna stand out? Then step down, be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty and you will discover rest. Your life will count for plenty. It'll be all and more than you ever thought that it could be. The third thing that Jesus taught us, and when we wear his yoke, we learn to think differently. And and Jesus understood the need for this. He was on earth for only 33 years. And yet he accomplished everything that God had for him. And he only did ministry for three years. And he did everything that God wanted him to do. Listen to what it says in Mark 6, 1. Then because many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me, by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. That's what he said to his disciples. I want you to notice three things in this verse. I know most of you notice chance to eat, but I'm not, that's not it, no. He says, come with me. Notice with me. I need a time to be with Jesus. The one who loves me most, the one who made me, the one who understands me, the one who loves me in spite of the ugliness that he already sees in there. Then by yourselves. So with me, by yourselves. We need time to be alone, to disconnect. And then notice a quiet place, a place where it's quiet, just Jesus and me let me give you a place to start. Here's your homework. If you haven't, if you don't do this already, this is what millions of Christians have done over this last couple of thousand years. Some people have come to call it a quiet time. You've heard of a quiet time maybe? A quiet time is some time with God every day. If you're a morning person, get up 15 minutes earlier. I'm not saying two hours early. But just 10 or 15 minutes. If you're a night person, before you go to bed, 10 or 15 minutes. I think it's a lot harder to do at night. I'm a night person, but I do it in the morning because I always know it's going to get, you know, dragged out at night. Something else is going to happen. And, you know, it's, I'm not going to maybe make it. So I want to make sure I get started that way. But just a few minutes with God. Maybe read a verse or two out of the Bible. I would suggest the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourth in the New Testament. And just start reading a few verses and just say, God, speak to me. Jesus, speak to me through this. And then take a few moments and thank him for the day. Thank him for what's getting ready to happen or what happened yesterday or if it's at night, what happened today. And then tell him you love him. And I like to say, this is what I really like about you. That's called praise. That's what we were doing when we were singing. Here's some things I really like about you that you are in charge and and we get it and we love that and that your grace is enough and you're merciful and you care. And then just ask him, 
for things that you know that you need. I, I really need some patience today. Or I got that big presentation today. Would you just help me with that? Guide me with that. That doesn't, it doesn't seem that hard. But listen to what it says in Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Did you get that? You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. The Orthodox Jewish Bible, which takes the Hebrew and keeps it really true to what the Jewish people understand the Hebrew to mean, it says this, thou wilt keep in shalom, shalom, the one whose yetzer mindset is stayed on thee because they trust in thee. Shalom, shalom. In, in Hebrew, it's so interesting because in Hebrew, I learned in seminary, when you put two words like that, shalom, shalom, it, it means exponential. And that word shalom is peace, literally, but it's soul peace. It's soul rest. You will keep an exponential soul rest, the one whose mind is stayed on you, is fixed on you, is concentrating on you. The biggest reason that we don't have soul rest is because we're looking around at circumstances. We're looking around at all the things going on. Oh, it's overwhelming. We're looking at our own frailties. We're looking at our own dysfunction. And what God is saying is, hey, I want you to look up, look up. Look up a little higher. I'm right here. I'm right here. I haven't gone anywhere. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am right here, right now. If you could focus on me. You remember when the, the people of Israel got to the promised land after being in Egypt for all those 400 years, and they, they got right to the edge, and Moses sent in 12 spies. And they came back, and 10 of the spies Said of the, they said they live in big walled cities. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. There's no way we can do this. And the people got discouraged and said, why did you take us out of Egypt? And God got upset. Why? Because they weren't looking at him. They were looking at circumstances. God had already said, everywhere your feet will tread, I give you. And they said, no, not with them because we're grasshoppers and they're giants. But two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, they said, yeah, they're big. But God is so much bigger. He's already given us a promise. He's always kept us. Look what he did when he left Egypt. Look at all the things he's done. Look at who he is and what he's about. That, that's nothing for him. Those giants are nothing for him. Look at God. Quit looking at them. People didn't do it. And that's why they spent 40 years going around in a circle in the desert until every one of that generation except Caleb and Joshua died. And then God said, okay, now let's start with a whole new generation and let's move into the promised land. Look at me. Quit looking around. Get your mind on me. You'll keep in soul rest those whose minds are fixed on you. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. It's so simple, but it's so powerful because it, look who we're coming to. I know some of you are saying, well, Mark, then why does he tell us to put on his yoke, you know? I mean, yoke is about work. You put on a yoke. I mean, they don't put a yoke on an ox to, to just sit around and eat hay or something. They put a yoke on. Yeah, Jesus was just waiting for you to ask that question when he said this. Take my yoke. Take my yoke. Because there is a work that we're to do. It's found in John 6, 29. Look what it says. Jesus told them. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. This is the only work 
God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. And if you think about it, I mean, are you really going to be a great servant for God? He says, I've made you children, not servants. I pulled you into my family through what Jesus did on the cross. Really what Jesus did on the cross, it was kind of a, the great yoke exchange. He took our heavy burdens, the consequences of sin and overwhelm and all of that. And you know what he did? He, he took that. And then he handed you his yoke that he said is light and easy. And he's in the other part of it. He's walking with you. He's doing it with you. It's an amazing thing when we realize that, when we understand that. This is the only work God wants you to do. Believe in the one he sent. And in the New Testament, that word believe isn't like what we think it's not just an intellectual, you know, assent. It's not just thinking, oh, you know, I think, yeah, okay, I believe in him. That chair you're sitting in, as I look out there, I can see that you believe in that chair. You know why? Not because you're going like standing beside it going, I believe this chair would hold me up. I believe it's great. I believe that, oh, it looks pretty strong. It looks like all the screws are in there. Don't count on it necessarily, but you know, it's like, no, it's because you went, ah. And then you spilled your coffee on the other chair, right? But it's like, ah, I believe in this chair. And this is what it's talking about. If you will ah, rest all that I am on Jesus, I just believe I rest everything that I am my hope for today for tomorrow for eternity all of it I rest on Jesus right now I come to you I believe could it really be that simple I want you to try it you take those 10 or 15 minutes this week start tonight if you haven't done it today and just read a few verses in the Gospel of John. Get your mindset on him. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him you believe. And say, just remind me of your presence all through the day today. And watch what he begins to do. Come to me, all who are so heavy laden, burdened down. And I will give you rest. Not just rest. Rest for your souls. Would you just close your eyes with me for a minute? Oh, we need that soul rest so bad. Some of you are so tired. Some of you are going down for the last time. We have our prayers up here. It's a mix of staff and some of you that have really learned how to pray please don't leave without coming up and just letting them pray for you we're just like you all of us we're all in that same place you're not going to tell them anything that makes their jaw drop and they can pray and you can find healing and you can find soul rest grab that counseling number that we have online and, and, and call our counseling center. They're ready for you. And like I said, really, it's, it's, it's not about any of the money to them. It's a ministry to them. And you pay whatever little bit you can pay. Do what you can do. And they'll walk with you. Please don't leave today, community of faith, without beginning to find that healing. Don't go down for the last time without grabbing somebody because that healing is right there. You're right in the exact place that you need to be in for healing. You had to be this desperate. God's saying, I've been wanting to heal you for a long time, but you just weren't desperate enough. Father, today, 
you're here. Your presence is strong here. Jesus, we feel you here. Holy Spirit, you're all over this place. And you're pulling at us. You're wooing us to yourself. Every single one of us. It's not an accident that any of us are here. You knew it. You've known it for a billion years that we would be here and that today would be this day. Some of us want to step into that belief for the very first time. We want to just go, oh, I just lay all that I am. I just rest all that I am on you, Jesus. You be everything to me from now on. That's what it means. You step into that. He'll never leave you after that. He'll never forsake you. Some of you have been believers, but you've gotten your eyes off of him. Hear him say, come to me. Come to me. I will give you shalom, shalom, and you'll find rest. Father, we ask for that in the name of Jesus right now, that you would do what only you can do. Come, kingdom of God, upon us. Be done, will of God, over us, and I know that includes soul rest. Let us walk in that. Let community of faith be a bastion of truth. Let us keep our vows and commitments. We can only do that by your power. You empower us. Thank you for your promise. It's so simple, and yet you're so powerful that you'll do it. In Jesus' name, amen.